0: Prepare yourselves, because rising from the abyss, rising from the submerged desolation, are some of the most corrupt, steely-eyed, nerd sauce that you have ever allowed into your ear holes. This is relics of war. You will not be found wanting for guild wars or guild wars 2 news this day big clumsy creatures with loud bellowing voices not too bright either but you might want a shower
1: g'day i'm nox from conjure i interrupt stances and you're listening to the relics of all podcast
0: Hello and welcome to the Relics of War podcast. This is the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community. My name is Ryan, many of you know me as Cole, and with me here today is Christian from the land of New Zealand. How are you, sir? I'm alright. And for once it's true that it's morning for both of us. Yes, it's just morning on different days. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Morning on different days, and we are actually both stuffed inside of cars for excellent recording quality. Absolutely. So you can no thank us, us. us and our vehicles for that. Would would this be like, um, I'm the David Hasselhoff uh, Knight Rider and you're the new one? <laughs> Actually, that's not not bad, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept that. Okay. Get the flash, Speaking um, of, oh, I didn't call you Christian S. Preston, Esquire. No. Ah, oh, messed up. <laughs> of course, that's better, even that would have been better than calling you Precious again. I don't know what the <laughs> deal was with that. I think it was just an excuse to go in like, galam impersonation. <laughs> Oh, man, so I know there's there's actually quite a bit of Guild Wars stuff to talk about. Not a whole lot, but a decent amount. But there's so much, like, real-world stuff to talk about, it's crazy. And it's so hard to focus right now.
1: Yeah, so we're gonna have quite a bit of a diatribe before we actually get into Sequel Scuttlebutt and yeah, I think the Guild Wars so.
0: side of the show. Before I go into all the crazy crap, like, personally and stuff, and some of the friends from, of the community, Um, anything you've got that I don't see here on the show notes, sir? Um, oh, before we start? Um,
1: no, not particularly. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) right. I was supposed to hit up the show and say thanks to Nox for that intro. Nox with Conjure Phantasm. As you all heard, his excellent Aussie voice right before all of this. He's a good man. And we do plan to try and get him on the show. I don't know if he's really as open to it, because he's like, I don't know that I'd have that much to say. But all you got to do is sit here and take the piss out of me for being wrong in everything <laughs> that I say. That's all you gotta Absolutely. Do. Just take it from Tasha. <laughs> so, uh, uh okay, so let's see. Last weekend, we didn't do a show. Um I was in New Mexico scuba diving. I know that doesn't sound very... It doesn't sound right because New Mexico is not exactly oceanic, but oceanic, it's, it doesn't have an ocean by it. Of course, it's not oceanic. That's stupid. Um... But there is a place that's really good for scuba training, and in fact, some of the U.S. military uses it for training and stuff. Uh It's called Blue Hole, and that's where I went. And got to do a little bit of scuba diving, but on the last day of certification, it snowed in New Mexico in May. Wow. It was like, what the heck is going on with the world? <laughs> uh, so I had to scuba dive when it was snowing and freezing, and the water was 61 degrees. It was great, fantastic, and very odd. I don't pee in water, but it was really weird because I got to... <laughs> I got to about 50 foot under the water, right? Uh, I'm not sure what that is in meters offhand. But anyway, we're 50 foot underwater, and all of a sudden, just warm, and it was so cold. All of a sudden, this warm swath of water goes by my crotch. And I'm like, hey, now, I don't know if you were just expecting that to happen, reality, and so you made it so or what. But I did not pee just now. (laughs) But then I thought about it. I'm like, as gross as that is, God, that felt good. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, good scuba diving. That was fun.
1: is, um, blue hole, is that the big open sinkholes in the cave system or, or is that somewhere else?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that, except for it's like just one isolated one in the oh, middle okay. of, I mean, New Mexico is really weird. It's kind of just like prairies, tons of prairies with a few buttes kind of just sticking up out of, in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm telling you what, man, when it was snowing that hard and we were driving home, oh, there was big old patches of fog. I felt like it was that thing from Lost because it literally reduced my visibility uh-huh. to my windshield. So I would slow down, and I knew there was a car behind me, so I couldn't slam on the brakes. Oh, it was such a nerve-wracking drive home. I'm like, this is May for God's sake! I was just scuba diving. Why am I dealing with this right now? So you were the front car in the snowstorm. Yeah, pretty much. And I actually didn't hold very many people up at all. But that was—I don't know—I do okay with that sort of stuff. Being from Colorado and all, you kind of have to. But it's still—it was just ridiculous. Then I got to good old Colorado again, and I was happy because there were mountains. I didn't feel like falling asleep. With the scenery.
1: Yeah. I
0: shouldn't take it out in New Mexico too much. There are some pretty areas there. But <laughs> those from the Rocky Mountains, they know. Except for Utah. Your mountains are ugly. Just saying. <laughs> I have enough friends from Utah that I can say that. All right. <laughs> for grins. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, their mountains are on the wrong side. I go there and I say, your mountains, they're on the wrong side. Because if you go over the Rocky Mountains, there's Utah. So we're kind of... Anyway. Obvious ge- geography here, people. Everyone's like, hang on. I get it, Ryan. They all know. <laughs> Topography, basic physics. Forgive me for my ignorance. <laughs> and I'm not the only podcaster that uh, had stuff going on. We, I, we all know Sean from Guildcast. Yeah, his house was barely missed by like a couple inches by falling giant oak trees because of those tornadoes in the southern U.S.
1: Yeah. He, I saw was,
0: he was hit. So, Definitely. So, lucky dude. Like his house barely missed being completely demolished. He was posting pictures on Facebook. And I thought, holy crap, man, I would be thinking God.
1: Yeah, he threw one up on Twitter. Um, and I think, but didn't that tree fall on his neighbor's house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was a... luck- luckily, no one was in the building at the time.
0: Yeah, it was a huge tree, too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'm sure there are people from California going, we know what big trees are. <laughs> I don't think they get tornadoes in California, but I'm pretty sure I'd take a tornado over the sort of earthquake you'd get off the San Andreas. Actually,
1: speaking of which, um, New Zealand's not known for tornadoes, but we actually had one hit um, Auckland, the biggest city, which caused quite a bit of damage up there. Oh, really? But um, not as serious as 160 or however many Alabama had go through it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's weird times, man. Mm. In terms of weather, jeez. I could go into it, but then everyone would, you know, no, no one needs to hear this stuff. It's all around you. Yeah, it's kind of like but, when you go to listen to a podcast about gaming. Whew! Nice reprieve from all the awful that's happening in the world. Cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we've, I think we've probably been English enough for this show um, by talking about the weather. So.
0: <laughs> that's true. Well, we I make know. up I for Tasha not being here. <laughs> or JR. JR was going to be here, but he got his days confused as in what day it is today was confused upon that guy. I, I relate to him a little too much in terms of ambition and being spacey and absent-minded professor-esque. <laughs> Anybody who knows me can attest to that. They're like, yeah, you have no idea how forgetful and weird this guy can be at times. Um, but another big piece of news, and this should, this is a little more podcast related, still not Guild Wars related. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> In regards to the podcast, so these past few weeks, people have noticed that, um, every, everybody's kind of getting busy right now and has stuff to do. In fact, you, in fact, you saw that with Guildcast. Uh, Sean and Ruby are getting so busy that they're, they, I guess in their last episode, they said this, and we don't know if this will stick, but for now, they're going to tone back how many episodes a week they put out. How many episodes a week they put out? That's the dumbest thing you could possibly say. It's an episode <laughs> a week, Ryan. How could you do less than what you just described? Anyway, <laughs> they're going to, Put out less episodes and, um, come on here more often. And they have proven that they are quite busy because I'll email them every week. So is this one of those weeks you want to get, you guys want to show up? I'm busy. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, at least you're true to your word, guys. <laughs> but yeah, you can look forward to them being on here more often because of that. And, um, also in regard to that, I too am busy, but the opposite reaction has kind of happened where the community has stepped in and said, well, don't tone back. Let's just spread out you know, responsibilities spread out the stress. And I was like, cool, all right, we can do that. And then I got this promotion. I don't know if you'd say I got a promotion in my job. My manager gave his two weeks notice and it became evident to my head boss that kind of um, <laughs> using me to fill that spot is probably one of his best options and one of my best options too. But that's going to hit the podcast even harder. Uh But we think we have a plan of attack worked out for this. And part of that is is, for one thing, other co-hosts, people that you see around here, like Christian, and as we've seen Tasha do, there will probably be attempts at other hosts, or I should say co-hosts becoming hosts, some of the time. Uh, A lot of people are going to dabble with that. And, uh, also, we're going to scale it back until Guild Wars 2 comes out. We're going to scale it back so that the episodes like this, where it's scripted and we have topics to talk about for an hour might become a bi-weekly thing unless the news kind of predicates what is i'm not sure predicate predicate i should use another word because i'm not sure i'm using that right um necessitates a new episode so they come out with a mesmer reveal and i'll be like cool okay we'll do a show and sean (laughs) will jump up sean will jump up and say let me host this one
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then all he'll do is he'll jump on and it'll be five minutes long and
0: he'll just be screaming the mesmer got revealed (laughs) so yeah i mean uh other than that, we're kind of going to scale back to bi-weekly, but, and a lot of people are going, oh, crap, that sucks. Hold on. The thing we want to open up is that in those other weeks, the off weeks, we want to start taking audio from the community about whatever you guys just want to talk about. It can be a monologue. It can be a skit. It could be whatever you please. It's kind of like what Arcanus Lucor is doing. He's got his segment. Uh, Christian has his mashup. And if you want to do a monologue, if you want to get some friends of yours together and just talk about something Guild Wars related and send it into the show, we will take these and we'll mash them up and it'll just be like, kind of like the Saturday Night Live of Guild Wars news. <laughs> just everything just strung together. Big and lucky uh, dip. Yeah, and it, it'll be a great way for the community to actually be heard with their own voices and not have to fit into my schedule or Tasha's schedule or something like that. So that is going to open up next week, guys. Anyone out there who has kind of felt like, well, I want to kind of be part of all this, this is your chance. Get Audacity. And uh, if if you want to do interviews over Skype, get CallGraph. And just start recording some stuff, man. Have fun. And send in MP3s or your OGGs. And if it's small enough, I guess i WAV file. But that's kind of silly. And uh, yeah, Relics of War will kind of become the bi-weekly us and... Also, other bi-weekly You podcast. And when Guild Wars 2 comes out, we don't know what we'll do. We may... Uh, I guess it depends on what seems to be more successful. Whether it's the split of the two, or one or the other. And we'll probably just... Because once the game is out, it's so easy to produce a podcast. Because you're getting on and talking about what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, even right now, I could decently do a re- uh, a Rift podcast. So that's <laughs> the last time I'll mention it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I should say, though, that... I wouldn't do it for very long i like the game but it's kind of you know well i guess it's a good thing that
1: um this week i seem to play quite a bit of guild wars so hopefully that translates into um us talking about it a bit more
0: yeah well i got on a couple times i didn't do anything other than sat talk in the people. guild hall and yelled at everyone no actually i've been sitting in embargo in embark beach lately i'm gonna have to start oh, yeah. calling it by its real name <laughs> just sticking with embargo <laughs> yeah no kidding. Well, I started that because that was around that time where embargoes were causing hell. Yeah. In the Guild Wars community. That's Embark Beach. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's that. Also expect to hear, anybody, any one of the co-hosts, just you guys listening right now, if you decide, hey, I want to make an episode, I don't care when you decide to do it or whatever, just have fun. It's kind of like the open source podcast anymore. Hey, you, you want to contribute? Great. Well, uh, we want you to vet it, right? No, nope, Just, just go ahead. Do it. <laughs> And okay. If you want to get in your cars, makes for great sound quality. It does. We are the car podcasters. Um, what else was there I was going to talk about as far as this goes? I'm reading my show notes and talking. Um, community is invited to send their own one-off monologues, consistent bits, or whatever. It'll be in the show. All okay, right, great. Uh, so that's it. Yeah, you pretty much covered it. Sweet. I didn't even have to read. I just did that all by heart. And then I fouled it up by going back and reading <laughs> and being a moron. <laughs> Um, before we get into Sequel Scuttlebutt also, there is an interview that we will be talking about in Sequel Scuttlebutt with Bobby Stein that was talking about voice acting. That is a place near and dear to my heart. So I was thinking maybe I uh we could interject some voices in here, huh? And kinda use this episode as a way of going, hey Arena it. Wink wink no snoral main signable. Sounds good to me. I was thinking we're lacking a certain amount of English today, so Maybe I will. In the old podcast I did, Face Roll Show, they one time tasked me to do an entire segment as Christopher Walken. <laughs> that was interesting. It got a lot of lols. I could say that, even though we only had like 40 listeners, and this yeah. podcast has like 1,000. So if I did this here, we might get 40 people saying, that was awesome, and then 960 people saying, that was shit, don't do that again. <laughs> but I guess we'll find out. Uh This next one, maybe I'll introduce some limey into it. Let's uh, Let's do a bumper. Well, what we're going to do for this expansion is, uh, we're going to take all the existing models and reskin them. Ah, for crying outside. Someone get us a new MMO or I'll stab my ear with this pencil. Uh, yes, show notes. Hey, I scrolled down to SQL Scuttlebutt and you seem to have lost my place, you jackass. (laughs) Here we go. So, uh, this ArenaNet blog post about environment? Yeah. Oh, oh, I saw this picture. Go ahead.
1: So we had a couple of um, ArenaNet blog posts this week. And the first one was um, one discussing the environment art team at Guild Wars 2. And um, so they have a separate team that deals with um, designing the environments. And Google Chrome is not loading for me. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't have the specific one in front of me. Um, Here we go. But, uh, yeah, it was really interesting just to read about... um, how they go about designing their environments. Um, they mentioned, uh, how the environment, uh, changed. It's like the sets, you know, they're designing sets for a movie, um, but rather than only being seen once from one angle, like in a, like they are in a movie, um, you know, these are now environments in a fully persistent world where a character can run around them from any angle and look at them. and jump all over them and find every single nook and cranny. So there's a whole lot more work in Guild Wars 2 with regards to environment than there was in Guild Wars 1 where they could kind of cheat a little and he mentioned that they they could sort of not finish a building completely if you couldn't get around the other side to have a look mm-hmm. at it. So that was interesting. And also um, they talked a little bit about um, the... Uh, I guess the map builder that they had, and they sort of, um, which was really interesting because, um, I mean, I kind of relate to it um, in the in the studies I've been doing, and through CAD and that kind of stuff, and a lot of other people can through Minecraft and and those kinds of um, games, I guess sandbox games, and just talk. They were just talking about how you start off with quite a rough terrain, just the terrain, and then you put in placeholder boxes, uh, for certain buildings, and then that building gets detailed up as an asset and saved and then placed in. And there's a good, cool comparison of the, the progress from 2009 to 2011 with the amount of detail. Um, so go check that out. And they definitely show off some pro Photoshop skills, uh, at the bottom of the post with a team photo. (laughs) Yeah. So. That was quite funny.
0: Yeah, that Where was, that's, I didn't get a chance to read this article, but that's something I definitely want to check out because you really think about it. They're, they aren't just, this isn't that easy, man. You have to design a whole landscape, like how much detail really goes into every little rock and my God, man. Yeah. Of course, then again, if there's like one guy who does that all day, that would be kind of fun because it's just like, raise the land here a little bit. <laughs> I'm actually kind of big on topography and stuff like that. Like kind of an astronomy nut. You wouldn't believe the stupid stuff I know about the landscape of Mars for what use. I don't know. So (laughs) I would enjoy that because it's like I could actually think about why would there be, you know, a Tharsis bulge here and a big old canyon here. Uh, You could actually hypothetically figure out what this, how this volcano might have caused all this forestation down here or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be kind of fun. So I don't yeah. know if I really want to say, "Boy, that's a lot of hard work," even though I'm sure it is. But it also kind of just sounds fun. Yeah, because I
1: mean, you're creating. I mean, they're creating the world, law-wise, in the law team, and then it's your job to visually create that world. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it, translating the beauty from the concept art to the
0: three D. And is it just me when you look at that picture of that team? Mm. They don't really look like they should be game designers. <laughs> Half those people look like they should be in, like, a magazine posing, you know, modeling clothing. So what's up with that, ArenaNet? So Are you- you're talking up the uh, attractive nature of the environment team? Uh, yeah, basically. Because, I don't know, when I opened that up, I'm like, that's interesting. It's just not the stereotype that you get in your head of what who is involved in game development and stuff. I popped that open, and I thought I was looking at, you know, the, the local... uh Texas Roadhouse, uh, wait, wait, waiters, waiters and waitresses, right? You know, they hire people based on looks there. Come on, we all know they do. So basically the question is, what's internet up to? (laughs) (laughs) No, there's enough talent there to know that's not the case. Maybe it's that good looking people have talent. Ooh. Oh, no, because now all the ugly people are mad at me, huh? (laughs) Digging a hole. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) Yeah, let's just, let's talk about the crate. These serpent people, they're sick bastards, dude. Mm. Are they the ones that put Han Solo in that uh, carbon... I'm talking like I know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> Go ahead. I freaking hate Star Wars.
1: Um, yeah, so that was the other blog post was one about one of the races, um, not playable races, the Krait, who we encounter in either North just a little bit, but don't really get any background on. And these guys are kind of been played up in Guild Wars 2 as the quintessential bad guys. Mm-hmm. There's not really mo- you know most of the other ones there's always a sort of uh another side of the story that Ow. you get to get to see um but with the crate, they're pretty much just bad through and through, so they're serpentine creatures with a humanoid torso and they're they're they say they're pretty you know they're adept above and below um whereas the highlek aren't so um you know they're amphibious too, but they're not as. Good fighting underwater mm-hmm. and yeah so the high uh the crate they pretty much go around and own the own the sea and then they'll come up onto land in so much as to gather a whole slave
0: army to do their bidding and and that kind of stuff and speaking of harrison ford snakes why do they <laughs> have to be snakes what is it about snakes man they get a bad rap they do they're not always such bad you know last summer I was walking around outside in the front yard and Uriah was with me and I walk up onto the, there's like this concrete step that goes up about two feet and I walk up on there and I'm just standing there and I look down by my foot and there's a bull snake, big, big bull snake and he's just sitting there and he's looking at me. He's just, I'm like, oh God. And then, I mean, I, I, living around here, you get to where you recognize a bull snake from a rattlesnake really fast. Right. And I look down at the guy and I think, you know what? That guy is so big. I bet you he has driven off so many rattlesnakes. He needs to just stick around. So I actually started uh just moving my feet around a little bit, just kind of, you know, barely nudging him to try and see if it would spook him. Mm-hmm. He kind of, his head picks up and he he like makes eye contact and then he just starts slowly slithering away. I'm like, are you serious? Are you actually going to act like you're just annoyed with me and you're just, later, <laughs> dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> it was after that day, I was like, you know, snakes can be pretty awesome. If that was a rattlesnake, I probably would have flipped my wig. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, I had to shoot a rattlesnake because <laughs> oh, wow. we had a bunch of weeds in our backyard. I know people are like, Guild Wars, let me just get this <laughs> out of my system. Two years ago, my dog was barking out at, at the outer edge of her fence, and there was all these weeds that had piled up back there. And you could hear this rattlesnake, but he was sitting right by the weeds. So I know if I went out there with a shovel, he was going to get into the weeds before I could do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I thought, I got to get this guy before he can get out. So I go and I grab my pistol inside, and uh, I come out. And I shoot the thing, and my neighbor, who's all about shooting coyotes, he steps outside, <laughs> looks at me, and he says, shooting at them coyotes, huh? And I almost said, no, just a rattlesnake, and instead I go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, went out there, and there was blood spots everywhere, so I had apparently shot a rattlesnake with a pistol.
1: Mm, nice one.
0: Yeah, pretty interesting. I Although guess. many people out there are anti-gun, and they're going, oh, so Ryan's one of them. <laughs> yep, let's talk some gear roll, <laughs> people. And there's the first voice. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's do the rest of the uh next next segment we're just gonna talk about them them cat people char. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something we didn't talk about last time, like a bunch yeah. of slackers. We were too busy fussing about the, the release schedule of the hype or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway.
1: So, so do, let's actually talk wanna, about char.
0: Yeah, so what do you wanna what do you wanna cover that we haven't covered? <clears> hmm. <throat> yeah, the funny thing about that, I haven't <laughs> I don't know that much about the char. Like okay. I said, job has been monopolizing time, but yeah. what I do know is, for example, they've pointed out that there's a progressive period. They've got the various legions, I guess, the iron, flame, ash, and, and ash. Blood. I'm sorry, what was that last one? Blood. Blood legion, okay. And the fire kind of got driven down and everybody else up. Mm-hmm. Kind of raised. This kind of reminds me a little bit of Avatar The Last Airbender. Okay. But, um, so anyway, because of that, the females, of the char were raised up they they had a, it was basically the suffrage movement of the char and they're kind of in a, a point right now where they're trying to figure out who's now the leader what was the name of like the head leader of the char when there is one it was like a one- oh the worked. um oh damn it
1: <laughs> mind plank <laughs> um wait, the one with the uh claw of khan or yeah because yeah, you, like- you know that um that relic that they go after and um goats of ascalon
0: yeah, well, um, I haven't read that yet. Yeah, I have it now.
1: <laughs> so, the, in that book, they they go after um, the Claw of Carnor, which is in the in Ascalon, because um, Queen Jenna thinks it would be uh, adv- advantageous if she could use it to barter a, a peace peace treaty. Mm-hmm. Um, because for the Char, whoever wields the Claw of Carnor is the is it Imperator? Is that the word you're
0: looking for? I think that sounds familiar. Mm. It's been man, a while. Since I'm I sorry, read that I'm sorry, guys. I I do know. <laughs> oh man, you, what this does is it provides an opportunity for people. Everybody likes to be smarter than the people who do that podcast. Yeah. So this is your opportunity to write in and show how much smarter than us you are, because I know you suckers want to be. Archer Avatar, I'm looking at you, you smarmy <laughs> chump. I actually kind of like that guy, but he did take the piss out of me. So
1: you mentioned the whole. um female side of the char and that Mm -hmm. was something interesting that they talked about was that obviously in guild wars um we hadn't we didn't have any female char because that's prior to their uprising Uh, and so they talked about the design of the female Mm -hmm. and how you know they they were constant and the char in general and how they were um having to balance you know the the making the Female, so lithe and agile, and and sleek, sleek lined, and all that kind of stuff, and yet still fierce. Mm-hmm. And so you know they started off, and um, they were finding you know it was difficult not to do even with the chart in general, not to just make something that was hu- humanoid, um, but rather to you know so they they were put really pushing to get a something that looks like it's not a copy of something else or not based on something else yeah and and that it looks badass you know because that's kind of what the char supposed to yeah, be yeah the char so Kikai kataki he had a one line in a blog post and he was asked how did you approach the char design for guild wars 2 and he simply replies my approach was simple make the char badass and then make them even more badass
0: this is all just a play off of that Colin Johansson line right because remember, I want I, th- I want to be a char because I want ah, to be a badass. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where it all started. I think they're going with that, and I'm <laughs> all for it. Um, so
1: one of the interesting um things that came out of the whole discussion about female char was that when it came down to it, um, Kristen Perry, she was kind of the the lead designer for f- the female char. She put a um ultimatum on the table with regard to the whole problem of um. Breasts. Boobosity. Yeah. So, basically said, we either go full realistic, and that would mean eight breasts, you know, cats. Or at least six teats, as
0: they call them in animals.
1: (laughs) Yeah, teats.
0: (laughs) Or none at all. And Twitter kind of had a good laugh at that. I I applaud that. That's what always drives me crazy when there's, like, cat people or something, is they put, like, human anatomy in terms of, you know, gender parts. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't work no there's there's no reason evolution i mean okay in world of warcraft who cares it's kind of cartoon. <laughs> fine i'll give them that but in guild wars man there would have been no place for that i'm so glad that they kind of said let's be let's tone that back a bit and i didn't i don't pay attention really do they still have kind of human-esque boobs or are they actually the cat? yeah the chat no
1: no they don't have um breasts at all sweet good yeah, so they went with the the I can't remember former or latter of, of yeah. what I said.
0: Well, in Guild Wars too, if you if you want your chick to have boobs, go make a norn. It's easy. <laughs> so there's yeah, that. I, yeah, I guess um,
1: you know the Chow week a couple of weeks ago. So most people sh- hopefully have have heard about it. If you haven't, there was a a video um, looking at giving you a look at the black Citadel and one of the. Um, interesting things was there were char cars or, t- or tanks, armored vehicles. So people asked, um, would they be a mount? You know, uh, would would the cars be a mount? Right. And they said, well, at the moment they're not uh, ruling out having mounts, but they're not ruling it in either. And no, I don't think the tanks. I think I don't think the tanks were going to be um, things that you could ride, but NPCs would.
0: Yeah. So that makes sense, and more talk about mounts coming up due to the bar brawl. Yeah, which Tasha has kindly covered for us, so Christian and I will be able to sit back. <laughs> uh, so look forward to some limey talk here. Oh, oh I, I was see. supposed to do this in English, huh? I was like all over that, and then I did. Oh, we still got plenty more to do. That's true. Um, <laughs> what do you have here? Uh, Dave Bolton, uh, Rinnanet. Art revealed, including creature trophy and Skelecon's architecture and armor. I looked at this. I thought it was really nice. Uh the icons they really have that nice painterly feel. Mm. Paint painterly, how would you say that? Painterly. Painterly paint, paint. There's some words that when I'm trying to do the English they don't really set well with me. <laughs> um I finally got bean down. I'd sit there, how would they say bin? Bin, bin? and then I realised it's been. I was like, How have you been? And you're talking about the um legumes that give you gas. <laughs> right. Very good. All right, let's talk about the Arena art that you yeah. saw.
1: Um, so this this was really cool to see. Um, I know a number of the artists at ArenaNet they have their own um, blogs and they'll occasionally release some of the work they've been doing on there. Um, so this is one of those kind of drops that happened and it had a uh, couple of drawings and of um, a weapon set and it's probably the uh, ghostly weapons that we saw in the um, I think it was the Gamescom uh, videos last year the ones where you know they have different effect during the day and the night and they they glow ghostly blue at night mm-hmm. um, and some a beautiful uh, detailed drawing of that mansion in, in Beetleton um, I, really, I really when I saw that in the video first time that really blew me away just because um, I suddenly realized the level of detail in the buildings that we were going to have and that these were buildings that we were going to run up to and run into unlike the ones in guild wars where they're just kind of bigger rocks in the landscape.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this um, is really nice artwork. Yeah. And then the the the
1: one that got everyone talking, I guess, was the that collection of the skill uh the skill icons.
0: Yeah, I didn't read any um I'm sorry. I didn't read any discussion about them, but uh, my first look at them told me that someone's going to sit here and pretty much dissect what they've got here and see if they can, you know, glean out any professions we don't know about yet. I'm not seeing that myself. Seeing, um, I said that like an arsey, didn't I? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done <too> <laughs>
1: no, it was pretty good. Um, these are well, the ones that are there. They're mostly elementalist stuff. So. Um,
0: oh, those are just the different
1: elements there, huh? Yeah. Like I looked at it at first and I was like, oh, purple. Mesmer. Maybe. What is that then? No, it's all the lightning attunement, air attunement.
0: Oh, air is purple. Okay.
1: Yeah, because water is blue, and yeah, so they'll be. Yeah, this will get put into the big compendium that the community has of the current skills that we know. Um, so that's cool, and yeah, the, the way they look, uh, like you said, that really painterly look is is it's you know all pervasive in the Guild Wars Two art style.
0: Yeah, very consistent. That's the thing they've got going for their art. A lot of games is kind of the, uh, let's, let's take World of Warcraft since I guess that's better to talk about than Rift for some <laughs> reason. Anyway, the skill icons in WoW, kind of a different feel than what you have in the actual game going on, but nobody cares because those are skills. That's the real world. Who cares? But with, uh, ArenaNet, they've kind of just said the UI, the skills, the characters, all of it has that same feel. It's so cool. Mm. I love it. And the other thing they have there is the armor, and it's, it's not, that doesn't look like character armor to me. That looks like all NPCs. Uh, Sons of Svenir and then a dredge. That's a dredge, right?
1: Uh, I can't see the dredge one. I could, but that's because I don't have the blog open. <laughs>
0: Weren't the dredge, that doesn't, it says dredge under the description, but that's not what I thought dredge were. I thought they were either, okay, there's those dwarves, who I often confuse also with those weird guys with big teeth in, um, the Kurzic Forest, echovald No, they're dredge.
1: the the Dredge are in the echovald Forest and in Sora's Furnace.
0: Okay, yeah. So this... they're
1: enslaved by the Dwarves. So there's a a troop of them which I can't remember lawwise whether it was that they escaped and ended up in Cantha or whether they got imported from Cantha. No, because they live underground. So the Dwarves, yeah, the Dwarves will have enslaved the Dredge in but the ones in the echovald Forest. Um, they're free roaming,
0: free range. See the file name for this says Armor Heavy Reward. I don't know what the reward is. Dredge Mail Front Back.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, it's a, so it's a reward um for
0: so we get it. Oh my god, you're kidding me. So we actually get the armor that you see on the character that you took out? Uh no. Or is it not quite that they're simple? just
1: calling it dredge because maybe it's from a, a dungeon um which the main storyline revolves around the dredge.
0: So by this then maybe we get some armor that looks like the Sons of Svenir? Um yeah, I think Maybe
1: I think that could be possible.
0: It that's all speculation. I mean we're not saying this yeah. is what's going on. Yeah. And there's no speculators corner today, so by God we'll work a little bit in here. But if that's the case, man. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling up this uh Sons of Svenir armor now. Okay, Son of Svenir reward heavy mail. So yeah, it's reward again. Yeah. Oh, damn that is cool to think that to think that i just saw this stuff and thought that's what they're gonna look like that's what the npcs have on and now i'm thinking wait a second so you might actually look like some of the stuff you take out even if it's not coming off of the mob you killed Mm. if it's coming from the general vicinity or dungeon yeah well the the pictures they have the die channels mapped out underneath Mm -hmm. them don't they
1: so i don't think NPC, NPC. Well, maybe NPCs do have the the whole die channel system as well in terms of designing the armor for them.
0: Yeah, so that it could be easily make them diverse but easily changed yeah. from each other. Yeah. So that's what I thought when I first saw it, but now that I look at it again with that reward, that's kind of an implication that you will receive stuff that looks like that. Mm-hmm. Don't take it as the gospel, but <laughs> it sure looks that way. That is nice. And then there is a Hungarian, oh, Hungarian and Czech interviews. I read the one on variants. The Hungarian one. Yeah, it's the one that's like world versus world, which there's a blog post right now on the, the front page of Relics that talks about like, what the heck do you call that? We're calling it world versus world verbally, but when people want to do their acronyms, what do you call it? I'm going to start calling it www dot, <laughs> w, w, whatever.
1: Well, that doesn't help much in English because w <laughs> because is w such is a such, long
0: word. Exactly. You'd be better off saying triple w. Really, um, when you're saying a URL, you would say less to say triple W.
1: That's why I mean we often say dub dub dub. Oh, okay. Um, and I mean the Germans have got it easy because it's v v v. Um, yeah, but anyway, um, <laughs> world vs world, I guess world v world, it's kind of the same. But uh, we'll we'll see what people call it. Um, I guess when it comes out, so that that was kind of the the interviews, the Hungarian and the Czech one. Um. They didn't have a ton of new stuff, but a couple of some sort of key little snippets, like this this thing about world versus world versus blah. <laughs> it's so hard <laughs> to do. Yeah. So what they um they asked how the maps would work and how many maps there would be, and so there'll be four maps, and at first, and so there are three you know three worlds fighting each other. Each will have a home map, and then there'll be one central map, and each map has different objectives uh and keeps that you could take hold of and defend or supply lines that you could intercept um and so i started at first i was like well hmm, how how is how are they going to work in terms of moving between the different maps or where are you going to start off like do you choose to start in your home map or do you choose to jump straight into one of the opposition maps um so we had a bit of a, a Discussion about that on the forum, and someone actually drew a a cool diagram which I quite liked, which made it very clear. Um, And it sounds like they're gonna basically it'll be a balance of the sort of portal wars idea. Um, People are worried that there'll be these portals between these maps, so you'll start in your home world, and this is kind of speculation at the moment. And you can choose to, you know, fortify your
0: home, so your home map. Oh, dude. You did put talk of this under Speculator's Corner. So we did have one. And then you are just being really good at covering my mistake and then I'm pointing it out. Um, good work. So, okay, this is speculation by God. Yeah. So
1: um, you may start in your home map and you might decide to you know, shore up your map if it's under attack. So let's get some defenses up, get some supply routes running. And then if you achieve that, you'll then go and secure a portal into the middle map and that's the, the point where at the moment in the speculation, everyone's concerned that people are just going to be camping the portals. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll then portal into the middle map and then there'll be keeps. I guess there might be three keeps and then a central, central portal or keep that you could capture. Um, and there'll be a big free for all in there against all the other, um, worlds. And then if you get a foothold there, and potentially capture one of the portals or keeps that lead to a different map you then have a foothold to get go attack another world's home map and potentially wipe them out i guess mhm so it's kind of like alliance battle at the moment except there'll also be a a third uh, third faction obviously
0: wow yeah, i didn't read that one too closely at all but and I should, because I love that stuff.
1: Well, all oh. of that's come from basically the answer to the question of how many maps will there be. There'll be four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. so we, as always, we don't have a whole lot of PVP information. But it's at least
1: a little bit more than what we had. So bit by bit, it starts building up.
0: Yeah. Um, and I won't, I won't complain about lack of PVP information, because I would rather them not say anything and just give it to us mm-hmm. and not have the drama from across the community <laughs> oh my god it's imbalanced you haven't even played you little poop stick oh you're such a booker
1: <laughs> very nice um so there are a couple of other things which uh those interviews point out is that there'll be a mail a male system which is kind of like obviously i mean you have to have a mail system uh, these days in an mmo mm-hmm. um and it, but it won't you know you it won't be, I guess it sounds like it's going to be UI based, so you won't have to run, physically oh, run a yeah. mailbox to go pick up your mail or send it. Um, yeah. And then there was another interview, another Czech. Oh, wait. Um, in one of those, the hung, the first Hungarian or Czech interviews, I can't remember which one, little bit more clarification on underwater combat. You know how we're always joking about, oh, so what's an elementalist going to do is his, uh, his electric. Uh, as you know air skills lightning skills gonna fry all the fish around him <laughs> um, yeah so they they've actually pointed out that it sounds like almost every skill is going to be altered in terms of th- either thematically or in terms of the actual mechanic for underwater wow so you know we we're worried about ground targeted skills how they work underwater they're going to work completely differently we may not even have ground targeted skills underwater
0: So, here's something I'd like to point out, is in Guild Wars 2, we may have three different functionalities of a skill, based on if you're in PvP, underwater, or on land. Or, whoa, what if you're underwater and in PvP? That's even crazier. So, (laughs) hey, Ghostcrawler from World of Warcraft, suck it! (laughs) Him and his, we don't want two tooltips, crap. Yeah. Let ArenaNet show you how it's done.
1: I can't remember, um, is that still happening with
0: the PvP-PVE split? You know, I thought I heard somewhere that they were going to do that again. I highly recommend that they do because, yeah, people might be a little put off by it, but they don't get nearly as put off by that as saying, we don't want two tooltips for PvE, so we're going to constantly try and make PvE and PvP work the same. And yet, at the same time, still be a hypocrite and make your saps and cc's only last 10 seconds on people and one minute on mobs. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i can't really comment because you don't know what that's about yeah oh it was this big thing and the reason why i think blizzard was so resistant to it was because uh the idea came up when someone said guild wars does this (gasps) well we don't learn from anybody (laughs) we're (laughs) we're blizzard damn it so I don't know that that's really why they didn't do it, but that was one of the things about WoW. That's probably the chief thing that always had me so put off. Is it's like, just do it. It's not. It's not that hard. There was. I remember a time where the paladins had exorcism. This is a skill that was like way overpowered for PvP, so they just shut it off for PvP. Can't. Can't even use it. It was like, dude, what did you say about? Oh well, that's not two tooltips. Just doesn't work in PvP. Okay, I guess that works. So yeah. Highly, highly recommend you guys stick with what worked there, it That was good. I liked it. But that's crazy to think we might have, like, what, four different functionalities of it? Or three, I have, yeah. Uh, or, yeah, three. On ground, underwater, and then underwater PvP. Um it might not be necessary to do that very often, though. But you got to think about it. If it changes for underwater, it might only change in terms of visibility, though. Like, how it looks or what it but it might actually still do the same thing, in which case then it's not really, it's still just a two system. Anyway, I guess that's enough speculation. Everybody's like, whatever, <laughs> dude, we don't know. So yeah. let's just see what happens.
1: Um, so then there was one other check interview, uh, another check interview, um, which had a little bit of informa- more information about stealth. So we already knew that um, if you hit a stealth character with AoE, um, they, that would break stealth. Um it's also now been revealed that simply hitting a stealth character will not break stealth completely, but it'll reveal them for a very brief amount of time. So potentially if you if you manage to hit a stealth character and then so you can see them and then you swing in the same direction continuously and they're just standing there, you would be able to see them the whole time.
0: So it's like on Predator when they actually managed to shoot him and he mm-hmm. was stealthed, you'd see the little electric things, but then it would go away mm-hmm. and he's gone again. Exactly. That's so, cool. and that's a good offset for the fact that you can't sit there stealth indefinitely. Yeah, in Guild Wars too, which yeah, you, I'm glad for that.
1: Exactly. So uh, you know how many?
0: You know sorry, how, <laughs> that's fine. We got a little bit of lag here, but mm. um, that's the annoying thing in other games when there's stealth and it's indefinite is people use that to be gankers and jerks. They don't use that to be tactical. Yeah, they'll go sit by a flag or something that they know people want, and they'll just do it to for the lulls. Which honestly, I played a rogue in WoW for a little while. It was kind of fun to be that jerk (laughs) I'm not gonna lie but I didn't do it because I knew how frustrating it could be right so the whole the idea that you have to make your stealth actually tactical like I can't use it until I'm ready to go for the overall strategy that I'm headed for because I only got like 30 seconds or one minute in stealth that is sweet Yeah. and even sweeter that if you get hit it's not like the whole strategy just went up in smoke because then that makes the thief kind of ridiculous to play yeah so very much, much praise there
1: I think this came... Or people were talking about, you know, isn't the assassin... Uh, sorry, the thief. Um, if they run around in stealth rezzing everyone, uh, that's going to make rezzing really easy. And the response to that was, well, just dump some AoE on the body, and then, the you know, <laughs> the the rezzing thief's kind of screwed. Yep. Um, so, and also, yeah, just stand next to the body and swing your sword around as much as you like. And if the... Um, if the thief wants to try and res and stealth, then they're gonna have a tough time of it.
0: Yeah, it's like that episode of The Simpsons. I'm gonna swing my fists, and if you walk into it, yeah. you're <laughs> um,
1: That's cool stuff. And so there was you- another
0: thing in those interviews that I saw where they were talking about, um, like the naming. Uh, apparently, if you choose a name, that's your name across all of their servers. But also in terms of the servers, uh, the idea before we all thought was you are going to, be able to just switch between servers mm-hmm. as much as you like. It looks like it's not quite that um, liberal. You're actually going to have to, there's going to be a little, probably, I imagine there's going to be a cooldown or something on yeah. it. Yeah. You can switch, but then for another you know, 10 days you're stuck there. So that way people kind of congregate in specific places, but they're not stuck. They just don't, you know, they're not wishy-washy all over the place and strategizing in PvP. Well, I'm just going to go to this server instead for today. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, they. yeah, that was one of the Concerns with world vs world, and they immediately said um, you wouldn't. You know, they would they would have the switching mechanic controlled for world vs world, and that's also sounds like they're going to do it just in general as well. Idea being that, as you said, um, you want to build a, com- a community around the server that you play in, um, so that you have a, a group of people that you kind of get to know from playing with them, and if you're free to switch any server w- w- willy nilly. That's not going to happen because everyone's just all over the show. Whereas if you have a slight uh, restriction, you're going to turn up at the same place and bump into the same people. Um, so that's that's good. I mean, we're, we're not going to going back to the old, you know, the 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 stupid dead old. Well, not dead because Rift is doing it.
0: Um, yeah, but Peter Switch.
1: Yeah, or even just lock you and Yeah, lock you into a server and then say, Oh, that's right. Rift well, doesn't even you let to... you pay. Well, I don't know. But... I, I guess
0: I don't know either. Yeah. I, I see where you're headed, though. Yeah. We're not which getting locked no into that dumb mechanic. Yeah. And we shouldn't be either. The hardware's, the hardware's up to date now, man. You know well, I mean, it's,
1: it's been there since Guild Wars, which is six years old. So. Yeah. Get with a picture.
0: That's actually a common phrase. It's been there since Guild Wars as far as, you know, PvE, PvP skill separation, (laughs) uh, switching between your districts, servers, etc. And also, awesome graphics. (laughs) Gotta take it out of rift there, man. Once you've made a character, you've made all of them. Not a whole lot of diversity. I I take a little bit of issue with their character creation. Oh. Other than the female bambi, they're kind of cool. Like, they're good looking, but they're not like hussy-ish maybe someone would take disagreement with that anyway it's not the riff podcast' it's not gonna take not gonna get busted instead let's go to Tasha Tasha has some stuff to say about the bar brawl I need your clothes your boots and your motorcycle <laughs> <laughs> hey. you forgot to say please take it oh
2: Hey folks, Tasha here with The Bar Brawl. Uh, Before we get into this week's Rumble, here's a bit of news, so here we go. Um, turns out this segment and the blog posts have been way, way, way more popular than I ever thought they would be. So to try and make it a little bit fairer to everyone, get everyone to have their posts like read on the show, um, new topics will be releasing on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday. Um, I'm also going to start handing out awards to people uh, who give particularly enlightening, entertaining, funny or just plain ridiculous posts. Basically, in other words, try and make me laugh bitches and you might get an award. Uh, also feel free to send in your responses and feedback via email, MP3s or calls to the usual locations coming up at the end of the podcast. Um, I'll also accept diagrams of what you want to do to so your follow commenters, um, on the thread, but that's gonna be harder to share via audio, but far more entertaining for me. Uh, when it comes to featuring posts on the podcast, We might end up taking some extracts or paraphrasing what you say if they're particularly long comments. It's not that I want people to write less, it's just that Ryan gets confused with big words and big paragraphs. Apparently, it's a sign of getting old or hanging out with Loudon a lot. So, you know, that says a lot, really, I think. Anyway, back to this week's topic, which was all about mounts. Do you want them in Guild Wars 2? What would the Norn ride into battle? and would you pay a microtransaction to get one? The general consensus was that adding mounts to Guild Wars 2 was mostly irrelevant given the network of Azure gates and waypoints we know we'll have, but there were a considerable number of people who thought it would be nice just to have it as a cosmetic option. Kicking off the rewards this week, we have Shinaku, and I'm hoping I said that right, um, and Clunk, who are both sharing the Double Trouble title for this week, for both suggesting that mounts should be viewed as environmental weapons, which is kind of novel, I thought. Uh, additionally, Shinaku offered the following. While it might be difficult to see a Norn or Char riding a horse, there may be different creatures that would make excellent mounts in Guild Wars, including the following. Dodiacs, Snow Beasts, Yaks, golems, drakes, siege turtles, bears, and oryx. I don't think the players should have all the fun either. Imagine a Norn riding a chariot drawn by Minotaurs, or an Azura floating by on a magnetic board pulled by wind riders, which is excellent by the way. Um, mounts would not weaken the game, instead they would add depth to both game mechanics and lore. Next comes from Bottle. I don't want to see mounts as a main part of the game. I want to be able to do everything without them. If ain't puts them in the game in a fashionable way that is, more of a look thing rather than a functional advantage, I would be okay with that. Make it a microtransaction, offer a few different types of animals or creatures you can choose from and maybe add in something like a Zythian menagerie where you can either buy one mount which gives you access to a variety of creatures to choose from and change between what you ride. Or you can buy multiple mounts individually and change slash store them there. Overall mounts that give benefit, hell no! Mounts there for fun, so you can look fly and impress all the ladies. Hell yes. And congratulations, sir, on being the first to wear the player title. Your bling is in the mail. Interestingly, no one who replied seemed disappointed that the outlooks for the inclusion of mounts in Guild Wars 2 is bleak. But as Crysticks pointed out, I can see it now an 82-page thread on Guild Wars 2 Guru. Quitting Guild Wars 2? No mounts. There was a large number of posts that each had really, really good points, so picking out the highlights was really tough this week. Sorry if your post wasn't read out, but there's only so much time. I'll be highlighting a few more great responses on the next Barbara post. Right now, though, I need to get back to clearing up the broken glass, so here we go back to the podcast. Peace.
0: Alright, so, first of all, as far as me reading, I actually cranked up the font on the emails that I will be reading today. <laughs> So we're going to see if I'm a little better about that today. <laughs> I swear to God, man, I am actually a really good reader. I just sound like crap because you'd have to see. Someday I'm going to do a video of this, me doing a podcast from this car. I'm sitting back, leaned against the back of this chair that's reclined, while the microphone is also sitting on a reclined chair, and I'm speaking to it. So I'm like leaning across the car as though I'm like at, you know, make out point or something with a <laughs> microphone. Are, and you, then, are you in the front seat or the back seat? Uh, the shotgun. I mean, shotgun. Yeah, same. And the microphone's on the on the reclined top part of the chair that would be the driver's seat. Laptop is in the driver's seat, and it's cocked to the side, so I can barely like read it. Cause, <laughs> so that's why I'm like, it's such a ridiculous mess. I can't wait till <laughs> I have a studio, man. In so many ways, which I am probably going to have to do now that my job description has changed. I'll need it. Um, so look forward to that less uh shitty Ryan reading and more me having a studio and consistent yeah. sound quality.
1: She really uh, threw the gauntlet down there at the start taking a <laughs> yes, taking a did. crack at you and Loudon in the same sentence.
0: Oh, uh, I know. That's uh, but see, as long as I'm sharing the burden with Loudon, I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was good. Uh thank you for that, Tasha. I didn't really want to have to read more than I had to. Um in the future also, if Tasha is not available to do that, I will be reading those as Captain Martin long. <laughs> As I've done with the iTunes comments in the past. We haven't heard from Martin Long in a long, long time. Or from our phone line. Actually, no, we're getting a lot of feedback from our phone line. But it's all a bunch of uh, spammers trying to tell me how to work from home. Yeah, I do that.
1: <laughs> um, do you want to you give your opinion on mounts?
0: Or response to these? Uh, with mounts, there's the concern of, yeah, you can warp to specific points through waypoints. Mm. But there's still a little bit of travel you still got to do between.
3: Well,
2: I'm, I'm not I against
0: mean, mounts. What we saw in the um,
1: demos, it looked like on the starter maps, like um, Queensdale outside Divinity's Reach, I would, I would estimate you're probably not going to run more than a minute before you come across another waypoint. Or at least oh. on that, that map. Like, they were all over the place.
0: Um, oh, okay. I think I underestimated how many waypoints there were.
1: There were a lot. Um, maybe not, a, maybe a bit more than a minute, but there were definitely a lot of waypoints. Like that map, Queensdale outside Divinity's Reach, it was covered in them. Um, so, yeah, in terms of, I mean, they've, they're building your travel first around waypoints. And then if they introduce mounts, that'll presumably be the cosmetic interest. I quite like the idea um, that um, Shongaku mentioned uh, the Norn riding a chariot or an Asura flying. Uh, on a ma- magnetic board with wind riders, that kind of made me think. Oh, cool! So we could have a, a chariot race mini game, and your um, mount is determined by by your
0: race. Yeah, it, in terms of flying mounts, I think a lot of people agree that that kind of just reduces artistic appreciation. Yeah, and it's so just not necessary for this. So.
1: They've they've, um, they pretty much put their foot down, said no, they won't be flying because um, that was I think that was actually mentioned in maybe in the. Environment um, blog earlier talking about oh, okay. scale. I can't remember if it was that blog or not, but um, basically what happens is um, if you introduce flying to the game, um, the character is now able to fly around every object and look at it from every angle above and below, and you lose the sense of scale. So when you when you fix a character to the to the ground, um, you can really build your your architecture and your landscapes. Um, based on the viewpoint that the character has, which is fixed to the ground plane. Mm -hmm. And so you can introduce spectacular sense of scale, which you lose completely the minute someone can fly up the side of that cliffside.
0: Now, see, I'm not against flight in general. It would be cool to have like a skill where you levitate or something. Mm -hmm. That would be cool if like an elementalist had one skill where they were able to like levitate in the air and fight. It's just totally cosmetic even, that's fine. But they're right. Once it becomes a functionality crutch you've got an issue on your hands for the art team and for hypotheticals all kinds of stuff i don't know i mean if they did it i wouldn't be sad because i kind of enjoyed flying in the games that i have played where you could Mm. me not saying their names because i've said them already (laughs) too much but yeah um if i had to vote i would say no and it looks like that's where it's going all right what's your i guess you've given your opinion kind of
1: yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty easy either way because I haven't played in an an MMO uh, with mounts. I'm not particularly fast. I haven't had the experience of having to put my stapler on the W key and run away for five minutes and get a cup of coffee uh, (laughs) while my character traipses across the map. So moving 30% faster hasn't been an issue for me. So I guess, yeah, for me, aesthetically, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, Mechanically, in terms of getting around, I'm not, I'm naively uh, innocent to to those
0: aspects. There's something about flying in a video game that really is fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I have I have actually I had a I tried out a free-to-play MMO a while back. Just played it for about a week or so, and that had flying mounts. Um, And I did fly. And thinking back, I I totally get what they are saying in terms of the scale and it and um experiencing the landscape once you get above oh, it yeah. I mean you just fly all the way up as high as you can until there aren't any mobs and you just set your character in a direction and fly until you get to where you want and you don't experience the landscape below you
0: yeah yeah that, that was the one thing about wow is I think I under appreciated their art even though it's really not that great anyway but it was I could have appreciated it more except for I was always way high above it so I was kind of looking at it as a plan view and it was just like wow nice Looks like a CAD drawing. Um Ryan, it's just started raining. I don't know if you can hear it. Oh my god, are you serious?
1: <laughs> I'm not in a garage. Um my car's actually just outside. So, I, if it becomes loud,
0: I might move. Oh no. That that's ambiance. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um but since your weather's turning crappy, I'm just going to cut in this episode of The Monumental Task that's coming up. I'm not going to make you sit through it with the rain going. So <laughs> here comes here comes the monumental task for you guys from Arcanius Lucor. Speaking of voice actors for Guild Wars 2, I could totally see this guy being like being a character, this guy's voice. Yeah, he does a really good job. I really enjoy these. Uh, I think it's a pretty good plan. We should
1: be
2: able to pull it off this time. To Stonken!
0: do 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 do
4: Welcome, Relics of War listeners, to the Monumental Task. Prepare to become a Guild Wars pro as I share tips and tricks and assign a weekly task for the Hall of Monuments so that you can be an even bigger pro in Guild Wars 2. This week, we're going to continue the Protector and Guardian of Tyria titles by covering the next six missions in the Prophecies campaign. The missions to do this week are Gates of Kryda, Delezio Seaboard, Divinity Coast, The Wilds, Bloodstone Fen, and Aurora Glade. Don't forget to head over to the Guild Wars wiki to get a more in-depth walkthrough for these missions if you want it. In Gates of Kryda, you get a pig named Oink. I feel anything else I say about this mission will be injustice. For D'Alessio Seaboard, the key is to move quickly. Once you see Confessor Dorian pop up as an ally in your party, get to him as fast as you can. He can be dropped like a fly if the party is not constantly moving. For some reason, NPCs just think it's a great idea to stand in a giant group of undead beings. Divinity Coast is a tough one, at least it was for me. At the time I only had prophecies, and the henchmen were not very effective at doing anything except to exhibit the same NPC behavior I was talking about earlier. It's best to have a human monk that knows to heal each chosen as they appear on the screen, because they can quickly die without any assistance. Spread out and make sure each chosen is handled so that you won't lose one and have to start over. The Wilds is a pretty simple kill 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 mission, but it could be potentially easy to get lost. Make sure you follow the map on the wiki with your own mini-map if you're having trouble. As you head up to the area where the two centaur scouts are, make sure you don't attack until they have finished their dialogue and the bonus added message appears on your screen. I suggest having a dance party while waiting, but that's just me. In Bloodstone Fen, just make sure you don't kill the guardians of the druids because you fail the bonus if you do. Flag your heroes and henchmen away if you need to, but if you focus your movements and attacks you should be just fine. The only thing that you need to watch out for is Aurora Glade. Make sure you activate the bonus by talking to Les after saving him. You must do this before you kill the demagogue though, or you will have to start over to get credit. That's it for this week. Join me next week as we continue in the Prophecies campaign and get one step closer to another title for our Hall of Monuments. Thanks for listening to the monumental task. Now, back to more Relics of War. Go, go Pro Tips!
0: A little bit of love for the Guild Wars one that we had there for you, and a little bit more coming up in Pro Tips here, but uh, there's a thread on our forums also for all of the segments and to get feedback for them and for the producers. Um, and don't just go in there to complain, please. It's okay to, you know, make a criticism or something. But if you have something good to say, go in there and say that good thing as well. goes a long way for people. Um, right so thank you for that, sir. Do, uh, do I say thank you, Arcanius? Arcanius, yes. Because I can't refer to you by your first name as far as I know just yet on the show. So, thank you, Arcanius. Right. I've driven that one into the ground. Here's pro <laughs> tips. Oh, I haven't pulled up this bumper. Pro tips. Where is it? Come on, where's the Homer? Um, can
3: you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things?
0: Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. In pro tips, Christian wants to talk about getting legendary survivor in one sitting. Yeah.
1: So you may, if you listen to the Gilcast round roundtable, um, we talked a little bit about the changes to the survivor and how you know you can get it. Now, you can get it now, even though you've died. And I'd never really been chasing Survivor because it wasn't on my list of things I would need if I was going for God Walking Amongst Mere Mortals or the 50 points. But I figured someone mentioned, someone in the Alliance um, mentioned Vitea Farming and how they got their title in about two, two and a half hours um, by doing Vitea Farming. So I I had a look at what that is and what you do and gave it a crack and um got my title in just one sitting one night which was wow. awesome so, so it's kind of a, a kind of gave the flip the bird in a way to all the people working hard and and like Tiger Feet who's slaving away doing um fish of Woe runs and um Spirit Hime who's also doing those um things and they I think they were both sitting
0: sorry I
1: uh paused appropriately there for you to <laughs> be able to
3: cut that out. That was okay, fortunate. Cool. <laughs>
1: um Yeah, so Spirit Hime and Tiger Feet, I think they're both over a million XP now. So they're in the closing stages, but it's tough going um if you're not if you don't do it this way. So I guess my pro tip is um go take a look at the tier farming. It's really easy. There are some videos up on YouTube and the build is, of course, on PVX Wiki. Um, you can do it. I know you can. I mean, you can do it as an assassin or a mesmer. Um, if you're so, if you're an assassin, you want to be assassin mesmer. If you're a mesmer, you want to be mesmer assassin. It all bu- um, builds off shadow form. So if you can maintain shadow form, uh, you're going to take no damage basically, and you can gather up. Um, I think there are sixty vitir in total, and you want to do them in two aggros. and. If you do scrolls you get about 40,000 experience per run and a run takes like 2 minutes, wow. 2 th- 4 minutes, yeah. So that was that was cool, that was fun. Um I got to about 900,000 XP and thought I should go to bed now, it's getting late. And then I kind of went, well, um if I come back tomorrow, I might screw it up. So I should probably just stay while I'm in the zone and do it. So I had stayed up till about one thirty finishing that off. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you got that done a lot faster than I ever will, because I'm just kind of going at it like, eh. If I survive for a long enough time to get a level in the title, great. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, this is the thing. Like I kept, I've been doing vanquishes and and those kinds of things, and they're they're sort of decent for XP. So I'd be getting to eighty thousand or so, and then then I'd screw up on something and what wi- and wipe and yeah. That that would kind of, I mean, I'd still get that kind of ah, oh, damn it, you know, eighty thousand seemed like a decent amount for me. But once you do Vatia farming, um, it doesn't really compare. So go try it out. Cool.
0: And uh, these links you have down here are just to the videos. No, uh, no, the links. They're about the sixth anniversary. Oh, sixth me- birthday, right? I'm, yeah. I'm reading this. Hey, the sixth <laughs> birthday of Guild Wars just passed.
1: Yeah, so we had the sixth anniversary, um, which was, ex- oh, and it's still going on. It's a a long event. Um, and John stummy has got a developer update up on the uh, Guild Wars website telling you all about it Um, so one of the everyone was expecting new mini pets obviously Um, you know every year we get new mini pets and this year they changed it so no more new mini pets Um, so instead they've uh, they're giving out uh, uh, everlasting tonics huh yeah which is cool uh, I think there are 30 different tonics and so you you get a birthday present and you'll get a tonic drop from it. And you you can be they've got all the heroes, I think, and then some other NPCs like Prince Rurik and um Shiro. So you can use and you can use these the cool thing is you can use these in explorable areas
0: as well as outposts. Okay, so it's it's one consumable though. So you only yeah. get to be here for a short yeah. time. Sorry? So you only get to be that hero for a short time, basically. Yeah. So
1: it works the same way as other tonics. Um, I think it's an hour that it lasts. Um, I'm not big on tonics. I haven't got a huge collection. So forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, and the the cool thing, there's a tonic for Norgu. And, uh, the cool thing is that because they're, um, you can use them in an explorable area and you can trade them. You can get your party of eight into an explorable area. And if you have a Norgu tonic, you can use it, and then pass it on to someone else, and then they can use it, and they can pass it on to someone else, and if you get where I'm going, you can end up with eight Norgos running around.
0: Oh, wait, so does the does the tonic exhaust, or is it just you can always use it whenever?
1: No, it's everlasting, so you
0: just... Oh, my God, that's I didn't catch the everlasting. Ah, that is sweet.
1: It's everlasting,
0: yeah. I was thinking this was, like, sucky, but I love this way more than mini pets. Yeah. I mean, matter of preference here, but if you like mini-pets better, you're wrong. <laughs> well, mini-pets are
1: still um, advantageous for the Hall of Monuments, but tonics yeah. are pretty cool. So um, we had Tigerfeet got Kieran and Odin. He's in our guild as well. He got um, Zed and they swapped because Tiger wants to be a centaur. Nice.
0: I should check my characters now and see if I have anything.
1: Yeah, I don't get any for another couple of months, but I'll get two or three, I think. So,
0: Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I got all of mine in the past few months. For some reason, something about uh, fall and winter, I make new characters. Oh, yeah? Yeah. My monk is super old, like, about when Faction's released, I think.
1: Oh, okay, so, you, no, but you won't get um, the tonics, because they're sixth year birthday presents. So oh, I get you.
0: Oh, so, okay, I thought they were just switching it over so that nobody could get mini pets uh, anymore.
1: No, that would, that would be a, uh, excuse my language, was, shitstorm.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I haven't heard about this, but that makes sense. So, after, once you hit your sixth birthday, you start getting tonics. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So,
1: some other things that they're doing, um, with the six year birthday, uh, Raza, you know, you know how I think he was, he's supposed to be the jack of all trades, um, but, He's, he was stuck in a, as a ritualist before Uh now. Now you can, um, go to Raza in whichever zone he is, once you have him unlocked, and, and you can go up to him and talk to him, and he will change his profession. Oh, wow. Um, to any profession you want. It's important to note that this works like a mercenary hero. So if your, your Raza, um, has runes and weapons equipped, and you go, Um, and you leave, you don't have them in your party and you go out to the NPC, um, in the heart of Abaddon and change his profession, it will wipe the runes and weapons on your Raza. So make sure to de equip all that stuff before you do it. Nice tip. Um, and then hard mode quests. Um, this is a new thing that they're starting, they're going to introduce where they re, um, retool, I guess, some of the old quests that, or secondary quests. Um, kind of like Warren Kreiter, they reset the spawns or change the spawns and the mobs and, um, reskill them all. So the, the first quest that they did, um, is the villainy of Galrath. Do you, do you know that quest? I know I did it,
0: but I don't, I don't
1: remember offhand yeah. what it was. So it was quite somewhat infamous or from what I remember. Um, it's the quest out in Kessex Peak, um, with that floating, uh, castle, wizard's tower out there and, um, the initial quest has you go out there to defeat Galrath because he's he's causing trouble and it was a tough quest back you know back when prophecies first came out because i mean none of us knew what we were doing back then and mm. so now um they've gone and and redone it and the mobs are all the um the, it's it's actually quite tough so we went out there i think Odin went out with um someone else so it was two two people and heroes and they went out and or Odin went out by himself, I can't remember. But he wiped and so we, we came and joined in and even with four um humans it it was still tough going. So the tricky thing about it is that um the all the enemies, they all have the same name. So they're all bandits, but oh. they do have all different professions. So you gotta oh, wow. pick out you gotta pick out who the monks are, who the and you know um, there are monks and they all res. So if you're doing it by yourself or even in a group, bring frozen soil. That's going to make things easier. Um, we didn't have frozen soil, so we were sitting through all the oh. res sigs and, God. and that was slow going. And yeah, so, but there are also, um, non prophecy skills being used. So there are assassins in there as well. And damn, they hit hard. I was there on my dervish and I was pretty much the front line, the tank and so long as i had seed of life on me um i was all good but once that got off uh, once that ended things got kind of hairy um so that was that was good fun i i like it and i look forward to seeing the other quests that they do um for this hard mode stuff
0: And ncsoft store specials what's that about
1: oh yeah so um the along with the guild wars anniversary um they're gonna put specials on all the in game in store purchases or whatever the purchases that you can make uh this week um you you get fifty percent off storage panes and I've gone ahead and got another one I don't really need it, but hey it's on special, so I may as well yeah and uh so they'll be um putting specials on um the storage panes this week and there'll be costumes and the bonus mission pack and um those kinds of things they'll all go on special over the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out and if you see something that you've been hanging out for, I think this is probably the time when I'll get the bonus mission pack and play through that.
0: I liked it. It was it, it didn't seem to get a whole lot of great review, but I really liked it.
1: Yeah. So that'll be cool. Um then there there's more even more changes. This is so this is not a not, nothing to be sneezed at. Um Flux now this is something uh that they're introducing with the sixth um anniversary. It's a PvP thing. And the the way they're tied in is cool. Um so remember Halloween, the Lunatic Court and the costumes? Um mm-hmm. they were trying to bring back the Mad King Thorn from his realm and they, they did all sorts of things and, and attempts but didn't succeed. Um so flux is the uh the result of all that chaos and it it basically it's there to uh throw the meta in PvP a curveball each month. So Oh, Stummy told us about
0: this. Right. Um, yeah, so now they're adding environment effects kind of.
1: Yeah, exactly. So this month, uh the environmental effect that that you get in PvP is lone wolf, which means that if you are outside of airshot of an ally, you deal ten percent more damage, but you also take ten percent more damage.
0: Huh. So you could kind of call this the left for dead debuff. Because uh, in Left for Dead, if you leave your buddies, you're gonna die. Yeah. And of course, you don't get any better in Left for Dead either. To <laughs> separate. Yeah. So I guess it's not.
1: It's interesting. Um, it, I guess it's balanced because you know, yes, you're dealing more damage, but you're gonna take more damage. Um, I don't see, like, I don't play guild versus guild. I only do, uh, Fort Aspermore, Jade Quarry, and occasionally random Marina. So it's not gonna have huge effects there. I don't think it's just gonna put a little spice into it, but um. From the sounds of things, it, it could be something really interesting to to play with in terms of strategy in guild vs guild and that kind of stuff. Cool. And this isn't this last thing that we're going to talk about um, isn't part of the uh, sixth anniversary, but it's something that Knights pointed out to me. Um, there's an there's some old spice going on in Guild Wars, <laughs> so I thought you might enjoy this. Um, yeah, hello, ladies. <laughs> in Great Temple of Balthazar. Um, there's a mercenary hero registrar. This is the guy we, that you go to if you want to designate your, yourself as a mercenary hero. And uh, he has some dialogue when you first approach him which goes like this. Look at your heroes. Now back at yourself. Now back to your heroes. Sadly, your heroes are not you, but they could look like you if you sign up for our mercenary services. <laughs> Anything is possible when you purchase mercenary hero slots from the in-game store. That's
0: awesome. Yeah,
1: so I thought you you'd you'd like that. And the listeners would
0: too. <laughs> even like even the rest of the text. Being a mercenary hero allows you an individual as an individual wait what? Allows an individual to travel as a hero with other characters on the same account. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Imagine. Yeah. Your other characters could be travelling with you right now. In order to sign up I'm I'm screw this. I didn't increase the font on this crap, so I have the right to read it like crap. <laughs> Zoom in. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Anyway, but you get the point, man. This Sebastian
1: guy. So go, if you haven't seen him, go go have a chat with him and uh, practice your um, Old Spice voice. Yeah. I love doing that voice. What
0: do you think of of mine? That was my first attempt. Well, it was especially good because it was still also with a New Zealander accent. (laughs) So the Old Spice guy with the Kiwi. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little combination. Yeah. In fact, you uh, I will be surprised if some girls that listen to the podcast don't hit on you after this. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I'm sitting here pimping you out now. Hey, ladies, he's single, by the way. So, okay, uh, yeah, and then we do have Trader Arcade. Now, um, I got to talk about Trader Arcade real quick. One thing I've realized lately through conversations with some people is people don't really like to hear too much about other games. In a podcast like this, and I know that, and I take the piss out of people for fussing about it. But when you have a whole segment dedicated to it, when you really think about it objectively, who all is actually listening to that with any degree of interest? Not a whole lot of people. Otherwise, you just go look for a gaming podcast. So, I'm I'm going to step back on Trader Arcade a little bit, but we did get some feedback from a listener about Trader Arcade. So, basically, it's his fault if you don't like this. <laughs> you stupid fat that's enough Guild Wars, and now it's time for Trader Arcade. So this one comes from Valmir. He says, hey, Valmir here. Oh, I'm sorry. He said, hey, all. I left the all out because that's important. Anyway, it's been a while since I've done anything with the guild, and I know how you guys love participation, so I thought I'd just do a bit of public check-in. I have to say, you guys got me obsessed with Minecraft, hence my lack of Guild Wars-ing. You know Guild Wars is a gerund phrase if you want it to be. <laughs> It is a verb. It's insane how much time you can manage to waste of it, waste of it without realizing I'm on. Wait a second. That's I guess... actually what it says. So, yeah. his context was, it's insane how much you can be on without realizing. Probably my fortieth world making a private cove. Wow. Damn. So he's he's just gunning away in single player. Yeah. Well, that is kind of. It's a little more fun in a lot of ways. Uh, but I haven't done it in so long. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. Every time I I go back, I suddenly. I just go, Oh wow, I can actually hit things. There's no lag between the oh, time I man. click on an object and it and it gets hit. But anyway.
0: Yeah, that is obnoxious in multiplayer. Yeah. He says on a Guild Wars 2 note, I just read about the crate and so far they're easily the coolest NPC race in my opinion. In in my opinion at least. Just wondering what you guys think of them so far. And we've talked about them and we've decided that uh snakes, they had to be snakes. <laughs> I guess. So that's Trader Arcade for you. Kept it short for you. Um, we got no calls like I said we want calls for the love of St. Pete man 708-202-9262 please we want audio Uh, you know what for next week it's more than just call in it's freaking make some content talk about stuff is there anything that you care about it doesn't need to be like a weekly segment or whatever every week we're just doing a mishmash of what we get and if there's nothing there'll be no show so it's up to you to make the show putting the onus on you not me isn't that cool (laughs) Right on. <laughs> okay. Uh And then for emails, we did get some emails. Uh, and uh, before I get into that, there was an iTunes comment, but the date on it was like from back when the show started, but it was placed at the end like it was a new one. I don't care what happened there. And it seemed like I didn't read it. Basically, the guy asked for me to uh, make a debate between Obama and Christopher Walken, <laughs> which oh. are two impersonations I did at the beginning of the sh- the podcast. So. Hmm. That seems yes, really. familiar
1: somehow. I don't know if it was because you did the voices or because you've
0: actually read it. I don't know. Anyway. I, I can I can I can oblige that, even though it'd be a very long time in coming apparently. <laughs> uh but for the emails, um this one came from I didn't put the name of him at the top, Valder. Belder says, uh, Tiny point number one. Now, I just wanted to share a mental image. Chaz was talking about current Guild Wars skills, I think Dervish related, and he said cross-professional. I couldn't help but envisage a banker shaky, shaking his fist at the world. <laughs> I like that. That is that is very Chaz-esque. Oh, and Chaz has some education stuff going on right now for everybody to understand. We might not see a lot of him for a while. So uh, he was not kicked off the podcast or anything like that. He's just he's trying to focus on some uh, some stuff that's really important to him. So anyway, Rift, he says. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about this. You may remember, who am I kidding? You most certainly don't, that I wrote in about Rift ages ago. Actually, I'm kind of hoping you won't remember too much, as you guys clearly enjoy it, and I was somewhat less enamored of it. Well, eh, I I told my friend Trevin about this. <laughs> I said that Rift was kind of like, um. this is a poor example. I don't know that I should say this. <laughs> It's kind of like, no, I'm not going to do it, a a pay for a date, an escort, I guess, where it's like, hey, I'll give you what you want, but I know you really don't care too much about me. We're just kind of here. Just going through the motions. Yeah, we're giving you wow without it being wow. We know that, you know that. Have some fun for as long as you can, and then, you know, it'll be Mm -hmm. a one-night stand. (laughs) So, actually, oh, wait, I already read that part. I also felt the soul system was a great idea, but I actually had a problem with the implementation. When I played the beta, I played a mage, and as I as I always do, I chose Archon. I don't I don't know much about them, Archon Warlock and Chloromancer. Oh, I know about them, as my souls. Um, you know what? We got so much flack for talking rift. I think I'm just gonna. I do appreciate your feedback, but you have a lot more to say, so we'll just jump into the stuff that's not gonna release hell upon me. A uh, tiny point number two: big fan of the Game of Thrones. Book. He made sure to emphasize book. Unconvinced on the TV show for now, but I'll continue watching. Anyway, the point I wanted to make was that Ryan is actually right. There is a Game of Thrones game, albeit a board game. But surely this is what he was talking about. He wasn't just completely ignorant. That would be impossible, right? (laughs) Ass. Nice one. Looking forward to the next podcast, Velder. P.S. If you have Tasha on next time... Oh, this is good. Ask our friends from across the pond whether they're as hyped about the royal wedding as our comedy programs would have us believe. I keep seeing clips from American shows which are painfully psychophantic about the royal family, and apparently they can't get enough. I sincerely hope this is untrue. Well, Tasha's not here, but I'm pretty sure I got an idea. And actually, since um, New Zealand's kind of under the crown, you might have something to say about this too, but um, let me see if I get this right. I think it's rather stupid that I've got to pay for someone else's wedding. Shot off! <laughs> nice one. That's about what I've gotten from the English about this matter.
1: <laughs> okay. Hmm.
0: I I don't think they're as happy about it, but I could be wrong. Um. Yeah. Well, you're right. Um. New Zealand
1: is a colony of uh, the British Empire, and we are mm-hmm. still. Uh, like the Queen, she's still the monarch. Um, which. And and for Australia as well. And I know Australia is a lot more interested in changing that and becoming a republic or, yeah. you know, not having her as a um, a monarch anymore. Uh, so, yeah, it was broadcast here and a lot of people watched it. And from the TV broadcast, I mean, it looked like uh, the people that were there, obviously, were all into it because they'd made the effort to uh, to, you know, fill the streets and watch it. So they were all loving it. Um, so that's really all I know about it is that the people that were there thought it was a fantastic time to be British and see all the pomp and pageantry that comes with being British, which I actually quite enjoyed as well. Like all the uniforms and all the detail and, and, and the, and the menswear and that kind of stuff. I, I, I was fascinated by that. I, I wish there were more opportunities for, for guys to, you know, to, I guess, be a bit more, uh, flashy in terms of what they wear. Yeah. But that's, that's a different story for another day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I think of it. I didn't have to pay for any of it and I really don't care a lot about weddings. So, mm. um, I, I guess if it created jobs for people, you know, trickle down economics works, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Yep. That's a good way uh, of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> but when you speak, when you're in an English speaking country, here's a general rule of thumb. If you're not from the Republic of Ireland or the U.S., you are part of the colonies right now. Or the British, the under the crown. I don't know how to properly phrase it, but yeah. that's my understanding of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know specifics um, of, like, for example, India. I think they're independent, aren't they? Like, in terms I don't of the monarchy, I don't think they, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know, basically, is what I'm saying.
0: That kind of goes back to Gandhi, but I'm not sure exactly the specifics that came out of it governmentally wise. Like, if it was a tax, like, they changed their taxes or just completely let them go independent or what. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's anybody from India that actually listens to this. You could write in. I actually like hearing from people that come from countries where English is not the primary language because we get just, like, saturated with English-speaking country culture. I know what the Australian culture is. I know what it is in New Zealand, England. But We don't hear as much from, like, people like Carlo from Italy. And So if you want to breach that with us, that's awesome. We'd love to hear it. Um, right, so this comes from... Ian, (laughs) this guy, he says... At the end, I'll show you why I said this guy. Hello, Awesome Relics crew. I check out the official Guild Wars 2 Facebook page a fair bit. There's a lot of discussion that goes on there. Anyways, there's one guy who I think could make a good contribution to your show. If you look at some of the posts by fans, you'll see a guy named Chris Clark. He really knows his stuff and is really contributing to that part of the community. I imagine he'd add some good stuff to the show. The reason I read this on the show is because I want to know if other people get that. I, I don't visit that much, so I don't know, but if Chris Clark is that awesome and he listens, then let's talk. But then, uh, Ian also says, anyways, just a suggestion. Keep up the fantastic podcast. Think almost all of you are awesome. Someone annoys me, but I won't say who. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a jab at me. I know. <laughs> I'm savvy. Jerk. <laughs> I call him a jerk only for humor's sake. Don't know that you are. Actually, I have a really good friend named Ian and I wonder if that's him. I don't think so. Actually, no, his last name was in the email, so no, that's not him. Good. Talking to myself. <laughs> right. And now, I guess we're wrapping it up now. Um, I just want to uh, remind people that uh, we're going to be staggering episodes now for at least two weeks. You won't, you probably won't hear a proper episode of Relics. But if we get enough uh stuff just sent in to relicsoforr at gmail.com, audio, stuff we can just chuck into the show next week, we could have a cool mishmash of just Guild Wars 2 community s- stuff. <laughs> I had to burp while I was talking. <laughs> and I'm not going to cut that either. Everyone's like, this guy's such a pig. <laughs> um, Did I write, just to get ahead of myself, did I write any big things twos? No, no, I didn't. So let's think of who we've got to think. We've got, obviously, ArenaNet to think. Uh, since we did anything but last week, it kinda came across as a piss take, which wasn't the intent. And, uh, also an apology then. If it was taken that way, I don't think they care. We also, uh, would like to thank Guild Wars 2 Guru, Guild fans. Uh, I'd like to thank Christian, and Tasha, since she pretty much, uh, you don't realize how much she took part in the production of this episode. Uh, Tiger, I believe, contributed some. I want to thank, uh, Katar for, uh, making me be less cynical. Oh no, wait, you have me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other sites are there? I, dang. Tap repeatedly. They did that nice Bobby Stein interview. Oh, we, did we talk about Bobby Stein? We didn't talk about the voice acting, did we? Well, you mentioned that, that we were going to
1: infiltrate the podcast with some voices.
0: Right. Oh yes. So I kind of just skimmed over that, but there was a lot of talk about voice acting in that also. Damn, this is like a terrible place to put this because it was so important to me. But um yeah, there's a lot that's going into the voice acting in this game. If there's and and he also clarified the whole thing with the Norn, where what we got wasn't really the final product. It was mm. just better than a placeholder. So that was cool. But yeah, um ArenaNet, right, you've heard our voices today. Who's, how many voices can you do and how many can I do? Let's see. I know I, I sent in the intro to Guildcast a long time ago. And I did the Hank Hill. Well, I didn't do that near Boomhauer, never no, did I. That's
3: very good.
1: <laughs> I think uh, you, you oh, probably take the cake on this one. I'm more of a an accent person than a actual
0: impersonation. Well, yeah, but you start off by default with a cool accent. <laughs> I don't have that. I'm just, you know, Midwest US, What you hear everywhere. But yeah, I mean, if ArenaNet did contact me and they were like, hey, we'd like you to do just a small little like cameo or something. Dude, that'd be so sweet. <laughs> To be like, yeah, we just want you to do that gacky sound once, <laughs> because we're making a pink sweatpants gacky under a bridge. <laughs> exactly, but I would still do it. Fact, <laughs> yeah, they are free to use that sound effect right there. <laughs> you can just cut that out of the audio, or.
1: <laughs> well, they already have a gacky sound effect.
0: Yeah, and it sounds way better than what we yeah. just did. It's just more fun to insert it at random. <laughs> Oh, and if anybody that listens to the show wants to hear random voices or, like, even actor impersonations and stuff, I used to do that on the Face Roll show, and I haven't really made that as big on this. So go ahead and write in and be like, can you do that? And then I'll do a terrible impersonation of it. Right. Um. All right. So I guess that wraps it up. And I will have the little diatribe, as usual, at the end of the show so you can listen how to contact us. For the love of God, participate in our first episode of the Community Made Podcast. Yeah. Bye, God. Um, Show people how creative this Guild Wars 2 community is. Not that the video contest isn't already doing that. Yeah. Oh, there's a Guild Wars 2 community, uh, video contest too. Glad by the, the way. <laughs> yeah. And it could, it could land you a visit to, um, ArenaNet's headquarters. I would do, I would do it, but if I did manage to end up getting taken to ArenaNet's compound, I would be beaten to a pulp. <laughs> I'm certain of it. So, <laughs> I, I just won't make a video and save my life.
1: Yeah. By doing so. I know Tiger's working on one. I think Tasha's been working on one as well. And there oh, are Tiger's.
0: Whole- Tiger's hmm? gonna win, dude. <laughs> she no, seriously, she's. Every, I bet everybody at ArenaNet knows who she is. They love her. Makes me so jealous. God. I
1: would be working on one, but I, I'm not eligible to win the prizes, so I don't have as much motivation to do it.
0: Jeff- do you have to be in the U.S. or something?
1: Yeah, U.S., Canada, or Europe. Even though they say, at first, they say English-speaking countries, and then they go ahead in the details and specify it to um, English uh, to Europe. So everyone in Europe speaks English, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and obviously and, Australians speak Aboriginal.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I think it's to do with the whole legal thing of awarding prizes and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Because it's it, just... They, uh, in the fine print, sorry, uh, in the fine print, they have to put that, they put in that note saying, Canadian residents will be asked a uh, an easy mathematical question to test whether or not they're, um, inte- to test their intelligence. <laughs> and I think that's to do with the Canadian laws. Um, oh, they seriously had to put that? Yeah, it's actually, oh, it's not wow. just them having a bit of fun and giving a bit of stick to the Canadians. They actually have to ask. If a Canadian win um you know gets drawn or is chosen as the winner, they will have to do this this competence check or something, and they 'll ask them what's two plus two and they they have to say four, otherwise they can't win their prize.
0: That is crazy, well, at least Chaz is an accountant <laughs> so he'll he'll pass that with flying colors, hopefully as yeah. long as he doesn't have the hiccups what's two plus two <laughs> <laughs> or and they'll be like, nope. <laughs>
1: Ah, taking it out of Chaz. We love Chaz. Um, I have been working on a mashup this week, but I haven't finished it yet, so there may or may not be one um, for this episode. I'll see if I manage to put it together before Ryan
0: sends this out. I don't think I'll be able to do it today anyway, because I've got company. Actually, they're in the house right now. So um, if it's done before tomorrow night, then tell us right now, live on the show, will there be one? (laughs) Oh, uh, (laughs) I can do that to you. (laughs) There will be one. So, yeah, even worst case scenario, just have like one little GLaDOS statement. Yeah. be like, see... I was too busy playing Portal 2 to actually do this mashup later.
1: <laughs> I'll have to see if the... Uh, I, I use a GLaDOS voice generator, which is online. And mm. obviously with Portal 2 coming out, the servers got nailed and they're down. Oh. And they're still down. They're, like I used to go there and there's a message queue because it takes about a minute or two for it to actually generate it. And there was usually at most... One In the queue Uh, And now I'm looking at the website And there are 8131 in the queue And the server is down
0: My god We can try and do it real time then Oh my gosh, you mean I can't do that (laughs) Not everybody listens She's not easy to impersonate
1: It's been a long time How have you been? I've been busy being dead After you (laughs) murdered me
0: <laughs> All right, we should do should a wheel of morality. We, yeah, that's right. Oh, up. I had a wheel of morality in mind last night, and I completely forgot it. Gosh, dang it. Oh, if you're gonna no, this this one's on the fly. I just thought of it. But if you're gonna have a royal wedding, Wait, 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 be- do the intro. Oh yeah, wheel Boys. of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. If you're gonna have a royal wedding and you want it to be televised across the world, make sure it doesn't fall within the same time frame as the world's biggest terrorist being killed. <laughs> oh i bet they hated that <laughs> or maybe they loved it oh my god they won't leave us alone
1: <laughs> um so mine is from i've decided i heard on an, another podcast i'm gonna shamelessly steal their idea and in the show with quotes from games so this week prepare for unforeseen
0: consequences nice that almost sounded like agent smith mm. oh yeah yeah Mr. Anderson. <laughs> they used to always do that to me at work. They come up to me, Mr. Singleton. How are you I'm going really to do a
1: podcast s- if you cannot speak?
0: <laughs> you smell like a disease. <laughs> You're a virus. I love that guy he so he is awesome. Really not so bad once you get to know me. <laughs> Your at a high rate of speed. Consider yourself plus one to pro because you've just finished another episode of the Relics of Orr podcast, a product of Cyan Studios. Swing by the website at relicsoforr.com to find our Facebook page, Twitter feed, Steam community, and our forum. Or send us your email or pre-recorded feedback at relicsofor at gmail.com or call us at the U.S. phone number 708-202-9262. How do I get involved? You can join the forum, or apply for a future reservation in the Guild Wars 2 Relics of War Guild. Also, you can visit our sponsors at DoghouseSystems.com to show your support. Just enter the coupon code RELICS after you buy a product, and you'll get $25 of credit towards Jinx Merchandise. Alternatively, you can head to the main page and find a link to our merchandise line on Zazzle.com or just use our paypal donate button be sure to subscribe to our show with whatever podcatcher you use and if it's itunes leave us a professional review that we deserve we'll read it on the show the air seems to
2: tear
1: it's time for the weekly mashup this is where we play you the best bits from previous episodes because you were too busy
2: Oh my goodness! You mean some people don't even listen to every episode? The only possible excuse this week is because you were too busy with your
3: Chaz Day. Chaz. It's Twenty-four <laughs> hours, of Chaz every day. You get to hear my sexy voice. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: Consumables for Chaz Day would be milk in a bag, presumably.
3: Yeah, milk in a bag, Molotov cocktails, the whole works. <laughs> so, okay,
0: you're you're going with the Hilik then, the Hilik maneuver there, Chaz. Yep because I want to be
3: a badass.
2: And are you a badass?
0: No, no I'm not,
3: but I want to be.
2: Between the three of us, we should be able to get something, because you like to talk a lot, Chaz.
3: That's true. I love hearing the sound of my own voice. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's something like you dress your dog up, because it would look stupid on the dog. You don't want to dress up a person like Pikachu. There
2: must have been about 30 of them, and they were two by two, like linked arms and everything, and half of them were dressed up as Pikachu. It was really disturbing.
3: Char pinatas. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Has to be done.
3: Yep. I called it.
2: Listen to Chaz, he knows stuff. Yep. I know stuff. <laughs> I think Chaz so is gonna go, go to Seattle and put a knife to like Mike O'Brien's throat if it doesn't happen. <laughs> Something like We're that. Taking
3: the hobbits to Isengard.
2: You, whatever you do yeah. at the weekend, Chaz, is up to you, that, but, um...
3: <laughs> There are no girls on the internet. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> For sure, but I think it's likely.
3: <laughs> Spirit's gonna throw a Tonka truck at me. <laughs> right, you guys are all just figments of my imagination. <laughs>